0: he knows the time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. For it is a human number. Its number is 666.
1: Hello friends and neighbors and welcome to another episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. I am Michael Stamps, joined tonight as always by... David Timoney, coming Yo. from Muff, Ireland. Christ. John Harden in Austin, Texas. Yo. And Colin Bosler in Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Hey, hey. And I'm in Sellersville representing. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be devoted to a listening party of this album called The Number of the Beast listened this already? called Iron Maiden. We listen to Power Sleeve, and the same thing? No, Uh, um, (laughs) not quite. So, no, not not the same thing. Uh, But close. You talk
2: talking with a cigarette in your mouth, like like Hunter S. Thompson.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, So. Uh, thanks to our friend Tony Maxwell for reaching out to us and like letting us know that every time we, we, we quote the opening of the song that we kind of get it wrong. And, and that, again, no microaggression necessary, but like we appreciate it. A little late so, for that, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'll we'll be playing late. the
3: album tonight. Tony can hear it the, the correct way. That'll him we, at ease.
1: We, we, Tony, we, Tony we, look yeah. out behind you. <laughs> we love Tony. But uh we're all we're all gonna take our turn on like just doing like straight up. You could look at the lyrics if you want to, or you could just uh you know extemporare. but we're this not gonna is take turns we goes. have done that too many no, times.
2: No, no, please.
1: What so, we
3: are gonna take turns
1: with. Yes. Is? Let's, let's see, let's see. Let's it's called the woe to you challenge. Oh my it's god. Gonna, it's the weekend metal.
2: Week in metal, weekend in metal. Metal. Weekend metal. Weekend metal. Weekend metal. <laughs> <Christ>.
3: Michael, welcome <laughs> to the weekend metal. Michael, you're up first on the board today with the weekend
0: metal. Ooh. Yeah, dude.
1: Yes. What um, have you brought us? What What have I brought you? Well, uh, again, um, the, the the news that's uh, that's that's out in the you know the, the web and the the TikToks and stuff is that. Ozzy Osbourne has just released the ultimate gin. That's that's what it's called, and it's uh, it's it's definitely presented as like one of those sort of like excellent, uh, you know, English gins, you know, right up there with uh, I don't know with some Bombay Sapphire stuff. But uh, it, it got got me thinking too, and if this is like uh, deja vu all, all over again about all of the metal bands who kind of like tapped into this little part of a our aging demographic you know whether it's kiss with all of their different sort of liquors and again for a band that notoriously uh, if, if i'm using that word incorrectly that's fine you know does not drink but like promotes cold gin that just came out john you got some of that right
3: i do i haven't tried it yet but i do i have that and the rum colin likes the
0: rum i do like the rum.
3: the the d the detroit
1: rock hum no no, not no yet. Black, black diamond's I mean. the one i have Okay, well, then they have like a black diamond one too and yep. other stuff too. But again, it, people
2: into it, rum, is that a thing?
1: Sure, why yeah, not? Why not? Yeah, it's
2: tasty. Yeah, it's
1: good. Megadeth, of course, uh, in the past month or so, put out like some really sort of like high level, high, you know, alcohol, uh, Belgian ale. Dave, too, of course, is uh, hes a teetotaler now, but uh, again, he, he knows how to monetize shit. Uh, is he called like Rum 'em All? He oh, wishes,
3: Ooh,
1: uh, yeah. you know, he just but
3: called the like, countdown uh, to extinction
2: and just left it as is.
1: It was, it was so like, weird. Like uh, when when I was, when I was in Paris uh, several years just, ago, he's
2: probably just selling stolen bottles of some other rum out the back of it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Metallica's
3: rum. And he just puts his label on top of it. Like kind of like stickers he stole from the post
2: office.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and again, Metallica has their, their own sort of like whiskeys and vodka. They are blackened. Well. You know, black and yeah. Jeff Tate, uh, again, uh, has his own vineyard and his own what? vintage that he puts yeah. out. Yeah, Dave Kenny sure. yeah.
2: does too. I, I yeah. was just starting to like Jeff Tate a little bit, but a
3: freaking vineyard, dude. You know, Dave, though, I think with all these brands that Mike's talking about, and it's not just metal. Yeah, You know, Willie Nelson has, has a liquor. Bob Dylan has a liquor. Like, there's too much money to be made not doing it it takes right. no it takes no work on the band's part other than the fact that they're lending their name or they're lending their lyrics i mean you get a bottle of that blackened whiskey it doesn't say metallica anywhere on it whoa it only says blackened oh, and it's like all right you know they've yeah. promoted it on their website and and people know what they're getting but it, it's not a liquor that says metallica on it it's almost like uh any of those those pop stars with colognes or perfumes like you know I I worked a bit with Celine Dion and worked with her management and you know we were talking about like the amount of money that those brands throw at celebs where they don't have to do shit I, I mean in terms of like that perfume like for for Celine they bring her like five different ones and they're like pick and she's like I like this one and it's like okay cool Here's $30 million. We'll see you next year. Like, same thing. Yeah. I, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm sure, some, I'm sure some of these acts are more invested in the liquor than others. Some of them are just going to yeah. use it yeah. as if a Hagar. Sammy, I mean, dude, he Sammy his own stuff. did very well uh, oh, with, hell yeah. with his, you know, there's that story that, that when he launched Cabo Wabo Tequila, the guys in Van Halen were, were pissy about it. They were like, why are you doing this without us? Like, we want to be a part of it, too. And he's like, I'm not really in Van Halen. Well, he's like, look, this is for all of us. Like, if you guys want in, let's do it. You know, we all put in a million dollars each. Let's let's start it. So so they do all the band members in Van Halen. at the time put in money on this. Alex, Alex and Eddie were unhappy with the returns that they were getting early on with Cabo Wabo and they wanted their money back. And he was like, no problem. Here's your money back. Michael Anthony stayed in about 10 years later, Sammy sold Cabo Wabo for like $350 million.
1: Oops. No, 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 no. It was, it was more than that. It was like, um, maybe it was, so like, it, re- it was ridiculous money. It was almost like uh, you know, like uh, beats by Dre sort of ridiculous, It's like, like, I I mean, yeah, it's just, he made
3: so much money. And since then he has the, the Sammy's beach rum. Now he has Santo tequila. Mm -hmm. Like there's no reason not to do it. Uh It's, it's fair. I mean, mean, at least he stands by his product. Like like, every show, there's a bar stocked with his liquors and things like that. So it's like, you know, he's one of the ones more invested.
1: Yeah. And, and again, uh, uh, you know, in, in terms of like what we're talking about tonight, you know, there, there are other bands like ACDC, you have IPAs. And of course, uh, uh, anthrax has, you know, they're, they're a variety of different beers, which I, I never knew about until I went and saw them a couple of years ago there at what used to be called the electric factory in Philly. Um, uh, but uh, Iron Maiden's the Trooper ale, you know. Bruce will tell you, like in interviews or in his book, it's like he and the rest of the band—they're like really involved. They were really involved in the process of the, of, you know, devising the recipe.
3: There's the offshoots of the Trooper as well, right? I think, I think there's they, some they, variations. There's like an Ace at High or like some they, different. They've
1: come, they've come out with other things too, but like that's that's the one that's been around for a while, now. yeah. yeah you know I, I, I never I, I never tried until like i was in france and it was just sort of like there's a liquor store it's like okay and like what they got there it's like holy shit they gotta have like all these rock star beers <laughs> there's like an acdc beer there's Iron maiden beers like one of each let's go yeah and i kept i kept you and again like you keep the cans too because they're, they're totally awesome Yep. but uh that's that's my week in metal report there you go colin mm. bosner oh well let's uh uh, thematically, I don't know Let's Colin... let's throw
0: it to Colin, please Okay, well, I appreciate that, thank you Sure <clears throat> So last night I went to see I apologize, it was Friday night I went to Penn Speak to see Live Wire It's an ACDC tribute band And from what I was reading About the band And and uh, looking at some of their shirts and stuff Apparently they've traveled the world Doing ACDC music And they were not the Iron Maidens I'm not going to tell you they were that good but but they were better than Girls 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 to stay with the, the tribute bands we've seen lately so they were kind of right in the middle right below the Iron Maidens it, it was a strong set what I liked about it was that they had chosen some songs that I don't think ACDC would have any desire to ever play again live like Heat Seeker was one of them they're never going to play Heat Seeker again yeah, in my wow. opinion in concert um, they uh, sang Sink the Pink you'll never hear ACDC do that anymore I don't yes. think, think Fly on the Wall gets any love by that band anymore that's a um, great
1: record too it is what, it
0: one is. singer Colin, or two
3: to cover just, the two
0: singers no just one he, he uh okay. emulated brian johnson he had the little hat on and he had his vest and stuff And <laughs> but and, does he uh, sound
3: like bond in the bond songs
0: no no he stays uh. brian johnson it, that's why i say yeah that's why i say <laughs> it is yeah they did the cannons they did some confetti they did the the whole lot of rosie you know she was blown up in the back they had the bell that came wow. out
3: Do you, that's like more production design than megadeth has on their tour
0: <laughs> maybe yeah. uh, so they, they get they get an a for effort the guitar player did emulate angus quite well He did a lot of the head banging a lot of the the hopping around a lot of the running back and forth so did he, did he drop his drawers too no no he didn't drop oh, okay. his drawers Um, there was a flasher I hadn't seen boops at Pennspeak before but we had a flasher on Friday night yeah she ran across the stage and gave everybody a quick little show COVID's Um, over (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um, but it was but for their again they they get an A for effort and, and they were pretty solid not everything was was spot on but i i was most impressed by again the track listing I, I excuse me the song selections i thought that they that they picked some tracks that i i just again would not have expected to see so um next time they're in your area if you have an opportunity i'd I check them out it's a, it's a solid what are they called again show. live wire oh, yeah boy. and
1: they they've they played at sellersville theater and again for for folks in the the northeastern region here uh definitely you know look at the the, the upcoming shows there at penn's peak penn's peak is like a really great venue. it's it's like a ski chalet up there near jim thorpe um, <laughs> ski chalet and, it is yeah, it, it, it really it's ski is chalet
3: with the c plus acdc <laughs> they're,
1: they're <laughs> they, they, they get they get other stuff uh, tesla's coming there soon oh. uh, at the mm-hmm. same time what's the good. okay what, what so,
2: so uh, let me just pause for a second you've got the iron maidens Mm-hmm. And what's the other cover band? Girls, girls, girls. Mm-hmm. Girls, 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 yep. This band is live wire. hmm Yep. Couldn't they have a better
1: They should have game? been high voltage. Right? Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
3: Live wire. So, so, that should so, be a so, Molly so crew band.
1: Let there, me there, just say yeah. that. There might be another one. There's there's also out there there's an all girls ACDC called Hell's Bells. See right there. No, they should be oh, yes. ACDC. she. Well. Oh, yeah.
3: Do I have to help all these bands?
2: So, so here's, so here's my hijack. Right, take your favorite band. What's the female cover band version of that band?
1: Okay. So, if if your favorite band is Kiss, what's the the girl version of Kiss?
3: Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it'd
1: be like, it'd be like,
3: <laughs> be like, you yeah, got just go by like, it be, it'd be so. called like. It'd yeah. be called Kiss,
2: but chicks. Yeah. Kiss butt chicks.
1: Okay, all right. Kiss so, butt. you know, again, there's there's Judas Priestess out there. Uh, see, we, we've also see, seen uh, We've seen that uh, Les Zeppelin, right? Ooh, and they they were they're really good too. Uh, so there there are definitely like clever band names out there. We're, uh, May first at Sellersville is uh, Black Sabbath, and right. they're mm, they're they're not pretty great, awesome. but but good. Not yeah.
2: great, but good. <laughs>
1: But it's it's there. It's you know it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing. There. It's, there. it's
2: embarrassing <laughs> to say to your friends though. Yeah. Kind of is.
1: Yeah, but it's like you're in a cubicle, but I'm in Black yeah. Savage.
2: You're in a
3: ski chalet. No one's gonna know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, David, what you got for a week in metal? You know, I couldn't get through
2: this week's news. You know, like metal news without seeing multiple mentions of, again, this Steve Vai record that's coming out, right? And the news that's out this week is that he's got the first video from that, and it's called, I don't know, something stupid. You're right not <laughs> to <What>? remember. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I love Steve Vai. You know that. But
1: oh, yeah, it's we, called we
2: Teeth of the Hydra, like I like his music. It wasn't right? that our last episode. Oh no, that was Legacy of the Snake. Close. Teeth <laughs> of the Hydra, right? So here's the thing. So, so first, the first thing is when I hear the phrase Teeth of the Hydra, you know what I think of? I think of T Rex, Jason right? and the Argonauts. Mark. I think of uh, no, I think of Mark Boland, right? Um, because that's one of the lines in a song by his, and I sh- I'm sure that somebody's got. Oh, some Oh,
1: oh, oh! And that, that that reminds me of like uh, the, the new Def Leopard record out that has like a, a, a Rex reference too. Teeter
0: yeah,
1: so, the Hydra.
2: Yeah. So Teeter the Hydra. Um, the, here's the thing. It's like you know when people make a joke and it's so it's like the oh, the absolute most obvious joke ever. This is kind of what I feel like. He's got this stupid guitar that's like a 12 string and a four string bass that's half fretless and a six or seven string regular old guitar and like a harp sympathetic string Dave, that job. guitar is awful he that looks ridiculous
3: the, it looks like they took every stupidest. instrument from all of war and gave it to a freshman <laughs> welding class and they're like yeah yeah dude Dubai
2: needs a new rig yeah we'll it's be like, back tomorrow it's like under the guise of looking steampunk, like it's got like some tubes, but it also blow, has
0: teeth
3: and it, it has, has te- like, dude, like it's dragon the, scales. Like, it's too much
2: happening. It's so he puts this video out, right? And it's him. The video is really just him standing yeah. in front of a camera with this ridiculous guitar. Now, he, he Joe didn't Saturani, have a green screen
3: big enough for more band members. It's dude, just him
2: if he had one more neck on that thing it would have to be in, in the <laughs> yeah. they, they would yeah, have they had, had to shoot like, it with the, the David the, Lean had to do it with one, one of those places. On <laughs> But so, so here's the thing he, he's been having these surgeries like on his hands and stuff right and you think to yourself like why why are you making this harder
1: Right? And, like, why are you strapping, like, 30 pounds to yourself, today? Well, that was
2: that was one of the comments. Like, every so often you'll see an article, it'll be, like, Joe Satriani article, and they'll be like, hey, what do you think of Steve Vai's new guitar? And he's like, he just had, like, shoulder surgery. He's got all these problems, and I can't figure out why he's strapping this, like, 30-pound guitar. Visual. And you can tell in the video that the guitar isn't, is not wearing that guitar. He is right. standing behind it, essentially kind of, like, dry-humping it while he's yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. And I I say all this for a couple of reasons. The first is like, the music on this is great. I've been actually getting into a lot of Joe Satriani lately. I listened to Joe Satriani like way back, like his first record and some of like the flexies that were out on like the guitar magazines. I kind of dropped out at surfing with the alien and didn't listen to any Joe Satriani for decades. And now I'm going back and kind of listening to like all the really good, all the greatest of what's been done over the last several years. I jump into to Vi because this new thing is coming out, and you know, like full disclosure, I've got tickets to his concert locally. I think Colin's has gone too, and I'm sure it's going to be awesome. But if he stands up there with this stupid guitar, I'm just going to be like.
0: He will. He oh will, my David. Oh, gosh, man. You know he's going to.
2: <laughs> so he's got this stupid six headed guitar, and he calls it the Hydra, and he writes a song called. Enter the Hydra or yeah, some he's crap always like. Always had goofy ass guitars. I'm fine with the goofy ass guitars, but this one I'm not fine. I liked the big three headed heart guitar. No, no, no.
1: That was awesome. Oh Yeah, from the, dude, that from the second David Lee Roth solo record.
2: Yeah, man, that put Rick that put Rick Nielsen to shame. This one makes
0: Rick Nielsen look like he's fine. Who, by the way, looks terrible with his guitar? Lately. Oh no, and, he, and, and he, and he can't, it can't carry like, that thing around, dude. Where's, did he almost drop that thing? Yeah, he, he almost did. yeah
1: he yeah, almost he dropped it. Like, that thing hit the
2: ground for sure. Robin Zander awesome. came over and propped him up. <laughs>
1: that has yeah, to that has to I weigh a that. ton. Man, we were all there at the yeah, we were barbecue and shit.
2: Anyway, awesome. anyway so Steve, this is the other the final thing about this is like the stuff he's doing in this video could have all been just done multi-track and nobody would have noticed at all if if that song was performed live with like two other guys, which it should be. Nobody's going to care that you're playing, like, the bass part with your thumb that's, like, <laughs> easy enough to play with your thumb. Like, I don't care. I just want to see you play, uh, like, gymnastics on the guitar and then
1: leave. I just want to leave. Tell Anyhow, so we're, 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 on, we're on Spotify ourselves. And, um, you know, folks who can't get enough Eddie Trunk, uh, speaking for Colin, of course. Uh, of course. You know, if you, you check out Eddie Trunk on Spotify. And he's got, like, all these great interview segments and stuff. He, did, he had, like, a really great talk recently, perhaps dating back last year with Steve Vai, where he Steve Vai talked about, like, all of his sort of uh, surgeries and ailments and and how he's trying to, like, make all these sort of accommodations. It was, it was, it was a good talk. And, and again, it's like, uh, John, Week in Metal.
3: The last Week in Metal story. Uh, this week, I've got it. Sounds like Ozzy Osbourne has finished his most recent album. What? Uh... You know last what was what was his last album ordinary man yeah Ordinary, ordinary Man. man. Yeah, okay and and on on ordinary man it became one of those it was almost like the gene simmons the post malone record, record. Uh, uh, post malone is on uh, that one yeah it's like every song has a guest star basically yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah i not a bad
1: album i think it's a great it's a great record really yeah considering um, everything
3: you know, Oz was supposed to go out on his his final, final tour, but has been waylaid both with COVID hitting and closing down everything. And then secondly, he's had a lot of health issues, you know, that he's been battling. I doubt that tour is ever going to happen, but he is doing another album. And this album has a lot of guest stars as well. Just just on this record, Chad Smith, Robert Trujillo, Tony Iommi, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, Zach Wilde, and Mike McCready
1: so Zach Wilde is that a guest <laughs> I, that, that's I mean on a, rec- uh, on a record player. like
3: this yeah because it's like it, you know if every song has got a different guitarist on it you know Zach's getting one or two tracks and uh, and, t-
1: and Tony's on that too
3: huh? Tony's on it too yeah and apparently they reached out to Jimmy Page and never heard back <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know but that's that's a pretty great lineup you I mean could, you look yeah, at you those could. guitarists those are benchmark guys and, that's right you know, you know I I'm excited to hear it. Like I don't know if I'll play it that much, but I'm glad that Ozzy's still working.
1: Yeah. And and again there was there was a great interview with Ozzy, maybe on Bladdermouth or something, but like Ozzy was talking about like recording uh the ordinary man record. And that was like as he as he fully confessed, like that was the first record I've ever did. One hundred percent Stone Cold Sober. And like the wow. things he recalled of is like it was so much more productive because, like, I remembered a little bit better, like, what I had done the day before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm before. I'm
3: reading later into this story as well. And here, here's where it takes a sad turn. Mm. Looks like Chad Smith played the first half of the record. And when you flip it over, Taylor Hawkins is the drummer mm. Mm. for the second half of the record. So I, that, you know. I I don't know what the Foo Fighters have in the can, but there's there's not going to be probably that many more opportunities to have Taylor Hawkins material coming out that we haven't heard. And um, and this is one of them. So another reason to look forward to it.
2: Absolutely. I'll I'll tell you what. You know what, John? uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. In our last segment, I mentioned, you know, I'm kind of retrospectively going back over a lot of Foo Fighters material that I had not listened to kind of purposely. Over the years, no, I didn't listen to it on purpose, but I mean, I, I, I'm going through it now a little more deliberately and listening to um, those records. It is still, and I, I mean, I don't want to beat this one to death, but how is it that we've had like major, more well known artists pass away in the last year or several years? People are still talking about Taylor Hawkins.
3: Yeah, I, I've got a little bit of a theory on that. And I think, it's, I think it's, you know, a lot of the bands that we talk about on this show, I'd say at least half of them, and as the years go by, even more, have run out of steam. Every, every band that we really love from the 80s and, and even early 90s now, when you go to see them, it's diminishing returns. You're hoping for the best. By and large, it's usually something 60 to 70 percent of what you're hoping for. And... I think the thing with the Foo Fighters is it was never that. Here's a band that, you know, whether they wanted it or not, they got past the torch to be the rock band of the past two decades, really. You know, when music took a turn and, you know, you had all the pop acts and the boy bands and, and the the sort of post-boy bands and now the K-pop bands and, and things like Taylor Swift and such, the Foo Fighters were a constant throughout that time, starting in the early 90s, up until now. And not every album has been amazing, but more often than not, their albums are very good. And anytime you saw the Foo Fighters, whether the recent album was good or not, that show was always fucking great, always. You never, ever left one of their shows going, next time they come around, I, I don't know if I'm gonna do that again. You were like, "When are they coming back?" And I think Taylor was a big part of that. You know, I, I wrote something on Instagram this week that like, when Taylor joined the band, they became fully formed. Like, I, I think it's I think it's a, a big deal that if you're in a band with the drummer for Nirvana, and people are this upset that the drummer for the Foo Fighters passed away, it's for a reason. Yeah. You know, be, be it personality, be it the way he played. He was just an enjoyable person. No one has a bad story about Taylor Hawkins. And I, I think I think that came through the music. You know what I mean? They were supposed to play the Grammys tonight. And I'm sure there's going to be something probably put together. The Foo's already said that they are not uh, going to play the Grammys tonight, you know, out of respect for Taylor. But I'm sure words will be said. Maybe Bob Saget Sag will fill it. A lot of people. Nope, little late. Anyway, I, that's kind of my take on it, is because yeah. they became the go-to rock band, um, yeah. you know, I, I, they cross over a lot of different areas. The Food Fighters have a ton of fans. They can play yeah. anywhere.
1: Yeah. No. And, and again, it's like, you know, to, to, to David's point, and again, John's uh, sort of, you know, uh, you know, talk there about about taylor so again like it recognizes what we've talked about before like being middle-aged metalheads and shit and ozzy was like talking about this too maybe in the same interview or maybe like a you know, interview that was like also like sort of like punched into there with the hyperlink was like he was like just incredulous like how do, how is it that i'm still alive whereas like john Bonham. <laughs> had bon Scott are dead of alcohol whereas he spent like his entire life drinking alcohol and then you have like you know for us it's like you know all the generations you know going like Andy Wood Shannon Hoon Jeff Buckley just dead 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 and then you got the Chris Cornell Chester uh, Bennington and then you know you have the all you know most recently with Taylor and stuff it's like Well, you know, people die every day, and and of course, COVID has taught us that. Like, yeah, about still about maybe fifteen hundred die every day, and maybe because they're not celebrities, um, you know, we don't we don't pay attention to that sort of uh, that little marker. But like, it it definitely uh, feels a little bit harder, a little bit it it cuts a little closer to the bone, and you know, just put that out there and let people, uh, you know, feel the feels, feel the feels. Anyhow. So, nope. all right,
3: <laughs> that, that wraps up the week in metal, uh, which brings us to this week was the 40th anniversary of Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast. David, I don't even know how you can sigh coming to this record. 40 years of Number of the Beast, it's fucking great.
2: Colin, <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
3: when yes. did you first come to Number of the Beast?
0: oh well as i mentioned before it was after its release because again you know when that came out i wasn't doing the devil on the cover thing remember i, I had spoken to you guys about the fact that it was yeah. it was not going to make my rotation in 1982 when it came out i had uh, a lot he of loved, other things
2: he loved jesus and chicks
0: <laughs> just there was still does. it just wasn't but when i went back to it it's i it's up there and probably my favorite maiden album if not favorite darn near close to it i think it's just solid what's amazing to me i was thinking about our episode this week what's amazing to me is if you think about bands that had new singers right we've all been through these bands that had a guy leave another guy come in it's hard to think of an album it doesn't happen very often where a new singer has such impact like bruce did with this very first iron maiden usually there's some you got to build up a little bit or you got something you kind of like get the band to gel they came right out of the gates number of the beast was amazing and bruce just really changed the game
1: again that was that was one of the points i wanted to make too was like uh and again remarkable as it is like can you imagine like any other band like uh uh, making that transition, two albums in, really fresh in their career, really getting like a great head of steam in like the, this early sort of genre, uh, you know, from from like late seventies, early eighties, and just saying like, you know what, we're gonna jettison our lead singer, like the guy that probably like most identifiable character, uh, personality in the band, uh, and again, but like that's that's what Harry does, and it's like he's like, nope, he's not working. And Harry was writing songs and, you know, uh, John put up in the notes there, uh, you know, there, there was no way that, that Deano was going to be able to do this. And I, I think there was there was already a little bit of uh, destiny in the works because, like, Bruce, Bruce, in his uh, most recent interview with Eddie Trunk on Spotify uh, was talking about how, like, he, he when he was still in Samson and known as Bruce Bruce, Bruce, uh, went and saw an Iron Maiden show and he was like really getting sort of, he's like cream in his jeans. He wanted to like be the lead singer of Iron Maiden. And then when Iron Maiden like reached out to him, it was just sort of like, it was a chocolate and peanut butter sort of like match for the ages sort of thing coming together. And on that note, but like, can any other band have done that? I think the only other sort of like. No,
3: I think you make a good point there, Michael, because there are only two albums in at that point. ACDC does it and right. has great success with Back in Black. Van Halen does it and has great success with 5150. But those are bands that are already 10 to 15 years. Into oh, yeah. Their career. Right.
1: Yeah, For sure. Yeah.
3: You know, these guys yeah. are are you know, still on the launch pad,
1: waiting. It's a really ballsy move. And, and again, like we, we, we put that in like the context and we can look at like all the other bands too. Like they, you know, whether it's a uh, Halloween or uh, shit, um, you know, the, the bands that Is make that the, band? the sort of like, uh, you know, for, you know even Anthrax, uh, they, they just, they make this transition and say like, nope, we're not doing the lead singer anymore. You know, they just, they, they, they just sort of, like, dump out and go, all right, we're going we're gonna to try something new. But, like, Led Zeppelin, you know, they didn't do that. But then again, that's yep. a whole other thing. So, so um, when did you get the record, Mike? Shit. Um, so, well, of course, like, my first sort of, like, taste of Iron Maiden came probably in the form of peace of mind right and, and that's so that's going like 83 84 yeah i was gonna
3: say the same thing peace of mind was yeah. my first one yeah. that i listened to when it came out
1: i think a like, lot of folks
2: our age came in around that
1: right but you know so like when but i remember like going to like uh california music and stuff and looking at like the you know and then in the glass you know case and stuff and you would just see these albums you'd be like holy fuck what what could that music actually sound like and i have the album here that i got at the flea market and you can see that somebody wanted to sell this and it they wrote right on it 75 cents (laughs) so worth it all right i will i will totally buy that this record now first release is probably 75 (laughs) dollars if you wanted it but like i'm not selling it but uh uh, again like uh my first experience too was probably like joe cashew like dude the the stories they tell in these songs they are not lick it up lick it up lick it up lick it up it's like the trooper I was like god damn and so like when i when i first started getting into iron Maiden, it, it was it was power slave there in eighth grade there at spring grove it's like shit let's let's try this and then when once once you you kind of get your uh your footing there david of course has never had this experience uh with iron may It's like this is not rat it's not twisted sister it's not anything that you've heard before but like it takes you to like a great place uh mentally musically it's, 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 uh it's intense music for intense people. It's, it's, it's not easy listening. It's not Neil Sedaka. Uh, you know, but by the time I got to like number of the beast, it was like, Holy goddamn fuck. I, I went all the way back too. it's like, so I, <clears throat> in, in, in eighth grade too, like I had like killers and, and the, the, the debut record self-titled record and also number of the beast. And I was just like, Glug, 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 glug. Can I eat? can I get all of this? Can I get all of this Iron Maiden? Shit, it was so goddamn amazing. You know, so like you know, by the time like uh, somewhere in time comes in, it's like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed by this <laughs> record a little bit. <laughs> Again, like I, I going go like Scott Leach's sort of reference uh, earlier on our on, on our page, stuff talking about like why is there any live stuff for like somewhere in Time? It's like. Well, you know, it is. David, like, how did how did you not get into Iron Maiden? <clears throat> you know, probably the question.
2: <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. I mean, I heard a lot of Iron Maiden in my life. Right, I had this record in probably like '83 or '84. I didn't. Ha- I didn't. I got in. This was my entry to Maiden. Aside from st- seeing freaking like Rathchild on Headbangers Ball. This was it, you know, and you know, the peace of mind stuff was on uh whatever the videos that were out for peace of mind. I think it was I don't even remember. The Trooper. Um the Trooper. Yeah. No, no, no. What was the video that was out for peace of mind? It wasn't the Trooper. Uh, they did fly a There's a live there's a live version of the Trooper
1: video. No, no, no. What's the uh, one with like where they they're they, they the able the video have... with the brains and all that crap? They had, they had crap videos for like, you know, basically like old films about like the the war in Crimea, which is what it's yeah. based
2: on. I mean, well, I mean, whatever it was. I mean, I, I saw him on MTV. Not um, good. It didn't phase me. I just, you know, it just didn't land. Like, I liked this record when I bought it, right? I actually remember, and I think I've told you this story before. Like, I had this neighbor across the street, and he and I listened to heavy metal together and he came he comes to me one day he's like serious is a heart attack we're in like sixth grade right and he's like yo man he's like i don't think i like metal anymore because he had gotten into like def leppard and then from def leppard gotten like de-escalated metal wise right he was like more into rock and hard rock and he's like i don't think i like metal anymore and i was like dude you were gonna sit down you were gonna listen to like iron Maiden, number of the beast and you're gonna get your act together
1: oh and, uh, intervention metal, style, intervention. Right? metal intervention metal <laughs> intervention
2: And I mean, I wasn't that into it, but I mean, it was like really at the time, it was kind of like the heaviest thing going like metal wise. It was like the direction metal was going. Um, And then, like I said, like I was in that band for years in high school and the drummer like idolized Nico McBrain. Like I would go to his house either just to hang out or for band practice. And he would have like he had in his drum room, a stereo system and he would put on Maiden and he knew every freaking bell every symbol every like everything that Nico McBrain did in a given song. He had the full exact Nico McBrain sonar single bass setup and this kid played everything note for note. Um he was amazing. Um and I always appreciated like aspects of Maiden but it just I just didn't get it. I didn't get why people were rabid fans. Like I could get why people liked them. I didn't get why this was like some people's only bands. Like I knew a dude who was a guitar player like he he learned Maiden tunes note for note and I was just like, "But why?" Like I, I but and people probably thought the same about me and things I was into. Um I just I just never got it. I never really got it.
1: Yeah. Well, and 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 so coming back to the, to the record now. I I'm, I'm hoping maybe you you listened to it a little bit more recently. It's like within the past couple of days. Uh, no, I didn't want to listen no, to it David, again David David
3: saves it up for the episode. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, I don't, I don't you, yeah, no, there, I don't do any go. I don't Good. do any prep. No. There you go. That's that's very rocky of you. That's cool. So John, like you coming to like maiden or coming or coming to this particular record. I, I haven't touched I, I think I week. think I
3: came to it exact same time as you, uh, you know, yeah. I remember us playing power slave a lot when that came out and uh, I had listened to peace of mind before power slave and wasn't as into it power slave. I really got into, and uh, then, you know, I, one of us got number of the beast and, and listened to that then, um, I like it more in retrospect now. I I think, you know, when you're living in the moment, other than the songs that they would play live when we would see them from number of the beast, which have always been a handful and still they play a lot of number of the beast. I don't think like, you know, when I was 13 or or 14, whenever that was, I think I would go to put power slave on instead. Right. Just because it's like, this is the new record. Like, you know, this, this is the tour. And then live after death comes out and it like reinforces that. But also yeah. that's where I learn the majority of the number of the beast songs and things yeah. like that. It's just through continually playing live after death. It was a good way to catch up. Yeah. And, and again, like up that, to that point.
1: The, and again, like live after death is like a, a great sort of like uh, uh, restorative too for like, uh, for, for, it, it it's better than like a, a greatest hits record because it's like all right so like you like the most recent record power slave but also there's you know all the other songs they do on there that go back and and like capture the rest of the catalog i was always kind of like kind of like when i listened to like live evil by black sabbath too and hear ronnie james dio do like the old aussie songs. You know, to hear Bruce do like uh, Charlotte the Harlot or, you know, Iron Maiden, it's like, it's kind of weird. But it's like,
3: see, I had it in reverse. I think I learned those songs with Bruce singing them. See, that's. And then went back to the early Iron Maiden records. And I'm like, you know what? Bruce is better. I'm sticking with this.
1: Bruce is, Bruce is, (laughs) Bruce is better than everybody. (laughs) It's like, if you could be your best.
3: Let's look at a couple quick notes here. The record was released in March uh, of 1982. It's the first Iron Maiden record to feature Bruce Dickinson mm-hmm. as the vocalist and the last to feature Clive Burr on drums. Uh, Nigel McBrain joined during Peace of Mind. Uh, also the first album to feature songwriting uh, by Bruce Dickinson. Bruce was not able to get a songwriting credit on this record. Uh, he was still under contract with Samsung when he uh when he jumped ship and the samson contract didn't allow him to partake in songwriting with another band so even though uh he dabbled here and there um he's not listed steve harris wrote every song with the exception of the prisoner and 22 acacia avenue which uh he co-wrote with adrian smith and gangland which clive burr and adrian smith wrote together uh, up to December 2021, the record had sold 20 million copies worldwide.
1: Not too shabby.
3: Pretty good for yeah. uh, for a debut record of a new vocalist. 20 million copies. Right. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we've talked about Derek Riggs and the Iron Maiden covers in the past, but uh, his his cover being the stop sign for Colin Bosler when it, when it like, <laughs> it, wait, wait, monster controls the devil and the devil yeah. controls the like no, like um, but Mike and I had I think the opposite uh effect on that where you see that Iron Maiden poster and you're like, fuck yeah, like. Like, this is what, you know, it's the, it's the evolution from the gatefold of Kiss Alive, too. And then it's like, oh, well, here's like the next level, like oh, Iron yeah. Maiden and, and their imagery is like the graduate course, like, yeah. you know, and <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, that Derek Riggs artwork is is incredibly famous and will be forever. Like, and Iron Maiden had the smarts to know that they were building a brand beyond their music using his artwork and they have that great logo but like take for for instance power slave that had four or five solos every or sorry singles every one of those songs had a new Derek riggs cover to go with it that's right yeah that yeah. then, and then and became it began, a poster like, that then became a t-shirt that then became a banner
1: or a button or everything. Anything. and we, we we and we bought all that shit too
3: yeah I mean, the Trooper was a single on Peace of Mind. It had its own cover, and now that cover is the cover of a beer. <laughs> you know, yeah. 35 yep. years later. Oh, oh, so. oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, e- e- even worse, too. Like, I don't know how close to uh, Northern Ireland David is, but, like, yeah, and it's it's a bad thing in that way. But, and, yeah, we're not going to get political. Oh. Um, but, like, watch how that's been, like, appropriated for, like, bad reasons. And Bruce has recognized that too. It's like, oh shit, I'm not going to wear this costume anymore. People are going to get this wrong. But we're not talking about uh, the Trooper or uh, uh, Peace of Mind. Uh, We're talking about Number of the Beast.
3: Should we listen to Number of the Beast? We should begin.
1: We should begin. It's going to be great for David. Deep side, (laughs) David. It's it's going to be okay. It's gonna be okay,
3: Michael. As is customary.
1: <laughs> so here we go, three, okay. two, one, click. Michael, I am
3: as a huge fan of the opening track of the Number of the Beast. Why don't you lead us into
1: Invaders? Um, you know what? I like. I, I like this song, it starts off with like good drum track, great sort of like squealing like uh, duo guitars, and it's got like some really good sort of like, it just starts off, this is your introduction to Bruce Dickinson coming at ya. it's it's, it's it's really weird I think when you in retrospect try to like uh, analyze it because uh, it is not a song it seems that the band itself has ever really been a fan of um, it, it's 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 really it's it's a mouthful like a lot of the lyrics like you if you watch the lyrics and stuff uh, again it's a little um, kind of uh, in the trope of immigrant song where you know it's like hey the Norsemen are coming yes and this is a thing I get it I get it And this is part of like a lot of the other sort of like subtropes of uh, of, uh, power metal I've gotten from it's it's definitely an eastern European thing that's super cool Um, you know with the whole sort of like uh, you know either pre you know, uh conquest sort of shit going on in in, in, in other parts whether either way, it's it, it is a great song, but uh it, it's really weird as an as an album opener, it's it, it doesn't have like the Well, they haven't figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out yet and it's like I don't know. It's not a it's, it's not a
2: bad question. tune. It's you know what you know what I, I can't help but think is how much of the heavy lifting the guitarists are doing because the drumming is so bad. I, I, I'm trying to figure. I got to go back and listen to some of those live albums to see if Nico covers this drum part as well, written. Because you'll never no hear record. this song on any of the live records. Uh, they don't no, play this I, I song. Mean, actually, I'm thinking about that kind of through the whole record. It's just, it just seems so clumsy. And, and and the drums don't sound great either, you know, which doesn't help. Do we
3: know but why Clive Burr got his, his walking papers? Um,
1: he, well, uh, sucks. according to, uh, <laughs> uh, according to like uh, the the most recent documentaries and stuff, he would be like, uh, he would have like liquor near his kit, and in some instances, <laughs> a would,
0: rock like, person he, drinking he would, while he, he plays music.
1: So drunk by the time that they're, you know, like between songs and stuff, that Harry would have to like. And that's Steve Harris. We come up and like prod him with, with like with his bass and shit. It's like we're like, wake, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up, and and also like prod him like you're off tune. You're 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 not in rhythm. You're not in rhythm. So like, and again like Harry's like he's the guy. He runs the business. He, he's yeah. the guy. So it's like if you're like if you're disappointing the boss, it's like your days are numbered. And again, it's it's unfortunate now because uh you know of course like. By is like it, this is go back to like 82, 83. so like that this is itself like 40 yeah he
3: years. he was diagnosed with MS and then uh, he ended yeah. up passing away in 2013. yeah so like
1: they, they 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 had like a lot of uh, you know really charitable sort of like outpourings toward him and his family and stuff to help support him and stuff but like you know and when he was a young kid it's like shit he's like I'm in a great band and I'm gonna do do the lifestyle but like uh he just he, you know if you fall asleep in your kit shit
3: yeah that's <laughs> you're, tough you're, if you're the timekeeper <laughs> like
1: you know <laughs> we've moved if, into children of Steve the damn by the fucking way base neck in your fucking ribs it's like oh shit i better step up come on listen to this all right so we are starting on with uh, children of the dam
3: yep Paul Dano's sitting at home listening to this chorus, going, "Fuck! Now I get it."
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but but this this is a song that he totally could have done, absolutely, but and like no, uh, no, not like this, no, not like this, not like this. So so what what are we appreciating with the uh, Bruce's? Is, I heard that this oh, is call,
2: Paul. I heard this is Paul Deano's, uh karaoke go-to.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to call it karaoke, Sebastian Bach does a cover
1: of this song that's fucking good,
3: really good.
1: Yeah. So again, it's 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 a little and uh, a lot. Uh, the, the great thing I love about this entire album is they're all sort of like really, almost sort of like little mini films. There, there's narrative. There's such graphic imagery. <clears throat> we'll come to that when like. You know, when like you know, peel away the the the, you know the 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 skin of his flesh, and all the other bruises and stuff. But they're they're all like uh, predicament narratives and stuff. And the narratives are sort of like Christ. What would what would it be like to be executed and also burned at the stake? Here's a song for you. There you go. This is Yeah, uh, I
3: mean it's it's operatic. It's it's really this song starts to lay, you know, the groundwork for what Iron Maiden becomes. I
2: yeah. can see from Colin Bosler wrong. windows down, rolling hills of uh, you know, Whitehall PA,
0: cranking up the radio this song. Uh, How Would Be Thy Name gets the most love off of this album yeah. for me, but but Children of the Dam is quite good. I've been waiting for a little bit of a uh break here to talk about invaders very quickly. I would not have put that as my opening track. This is a much this this track gets your attention. Yeah. Invaders sure. to me you can fill in a gap later. Like Gangland is the same thing. It's not the best. It fills in a gap yeah. later. I would have started with this song or something that really grabs the audience. Yeah. I think that's a day great point a great crescendo
3: Yeah. It's also a much better intro to Bruce Dickinson.
0: Yes. Yes, and, and the word and is operatic. Style. That's the word. His voice is operatic. He has that kind of training. Paul Deano does not. So here comes a big, heavy, thick voice that carries on into the night, long into the night. Diano just doesn't sing like that. Great That's, solo. And, and,
1: and again, like we we don't want to give the impression that like uh, Bruce Dickinson has operatic training because he, he does it. He just sure like, he does, doesn't he? he does not. Well, I thought he did. He, I, he does not. You, I'll get him on the phone. Hold on. Okay, go for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, or ask,
0: ask I had the I had read that he did. If I am wrong, no, no, but
1: he, he he just has like he has his own sort of stuff. Like every everything, it seems like great sort of like book is check out uh, his. Uh, what happens if I touch this button or something like that? Just yeah. What does this button of, do?
3: What does yeah. this button
1: do? It's. Shit, the guy was like in the Air Force, or and he was he, he just he's done just about everything. Yeah, I mean, he like, he
3: grew up, he went to a boy's school. His parents pretty much shipped him off to a private boy's school, and the other guys had told him, like, hey, we know you want to sing, and like you have a band and and such. Do not let the choir master know that you can sing because the choir master has a tendency to, uh, have a fondness for the boys people in the bung, choir.
1: People, will bungle you,
3: <laughs> and so so it sort of got out that Bruce could sing, <laughs> and he tried yeah. he tried to mess it up, but it still you know he he ended up being part of the choir and uh, and expanded it from there. But he came in singing and want to sing in a band.
1: Yeah, no, and, and we're again, at the he... prisoner. You are number six, but I, I thought I was a number. free man. That's right. So so John what what is this all about this this whole business of the prisoner? Uh, just just
3: as a base. I mean it's based off the British TV show The Prisoner. With hey, you know that's Lagoon. one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Right? Uh, it's great. I've it, heard. It's it. a great show. And so yeah, I mean that's this song is basically about that and uh, I David speak to the prisoner.
2: You know it's um it, depending on who you talk to it's a it's a uh, it's a an extension of the story of secret agent man so you got McGowan uh, is a private investigator of some sort the uh, the credits the opening credits of the show are that he quits his job at this government agency he goes home to his flat and while he's sleeping he's gassed he wakes up in his apartment he looks out the window and realizes he's in a different place right he's in a place known as the village And the goal of his place, he's number six, he's given a number. um, He wants to know who number one is, the person who's in charge, but he can only get as far as number two. And number two's job is to figure out essentially why he quit his job. They think he must be some kind of double agent, that he must know something. And it is surreal and existential and amazing. And in 13 episodes, they created Just this monolith of a storyline that has uh, really—it—it—it's grabbed the a a place in the in kind of the knowledge of the world that everybody knows. It's been in the Simpsons. It's been you know it used to be on, on PBS when I was a kid all the time. If you haven't watched it, there's there's there was a remake with Jim Caviezel and Ian McKellen. That was eight yep. eight episodes. I think it was yep. pretty good. Yeah, not um, bad. It, not a remake by any stretch, but like a retelling of the story. It's pretty good. Um, I love it. Um, particularly, I'll tell you what: the last episode makes all the first twelve episodes worth getting through. Just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. If you're into, if you're into the classic kind of. Existential folks like the Becketts and the Sarts of the world. It doesn't compare. It's, it's not a classic in that sense. But if those types of things kind of tickle your fancy, or if, even if you like that show Lost when it was on, this is the kind of super strange uh, story that in 13 episodes creates a great mythology. Um, and it sticks with you. It really does. Um, one, of the, one of the actors on that show who played number two actually in the midst of filming, I think it was the 12th or 13th episode. I think it was the 12th episode had like a small mental breakdown during the shooting of the, of the series. Wow. Um, because it was just really maddening. It was really strange. So, I mean, please, I tell people all the time, please check it out. There's a couple of podcasts devoted to it that are really good too. Um, and again, it is because of my love for the show. I'm actually have always been skeptical of this, whether the song represents it well. <laughs> well, you know, know the song
3: starts with some clips of dialogue from the beginning of the show. And yeah. uh, the band had to clear that with McGowan. And so their manager, Rod Smallwood, contacted him and they had a chat and McGon was like, what did you say the name of the band was? They're a rock <laughs> band. And he explained it to him and he's like, do it. And so after that, you know, so they did with his blessing. And then later on, they also did back Back in the Village. On Power Slave, which is also about the prisoner. Yeah,
1: totally. And it, it, again, like if we're going to come up on like a little more sequel talk here when we get to like song four on side one here. Uh, but Colin, did you have anything to add about like your experience with Prisoner?
0: No, I think I think it's a solid song. I, I don't think it's uh, again one of my favorites on there. I've talked about my favorites already, but I like the chorus. Uh, I think it's yeah. uh, very melodic, and uh, I, I think it's a good track
1: and i think that that's the weird thing too it's like when, when when you talk about this record and you talk about like the deep cuts on the record it's like okay so this is the deep cut but it's like this is still pretty filet this is still pretty filet
3: and like, it was on rock band
1: okay so there's <laughs> that too
3: that's right there you go and again like
1: it was i i, I would not have gotten the. Uh, pop culture reference to like a british tv show that had like 13 episodes that i had not seen or have seen ever uh like it's like it's it, it's definitely a testament to like uh, uh steve harris's sort of like uh, attention as, as most of the songs here sort of like testify like he's interested in history he's interested in, in uh, a darker edge on pop culture and stuff and uh you know and he, he's like and also just, just sort of like just hey could we do this do a song about a TV show that's so weird shit they did a song on Somewhere in Time about like the, the loveliness of the distant uh, the long distance runner remember that one yeah sure whoa that's based on a, on a novel turned into a movie
3: here's a sequel that we just slid into I don't, I
2: don't
1: know Here if I, I want to get it that's a drag though like i don't want
2: to have to be well read to understand heavy metal oh yeah you know what though i think
3: it works both ways like like michael was saying he wasn't well versed in the prisoner when he started listening to number of the beast it's something that you can grow an appreciation for later yeah you know it's just a song i'm sure there's plenty of people who've never seen the show
1: yeah. And, and again, you, it's like, th- that's, that's the whole thing too. I think I, w- when we were kids and like well, we were kids in eighth grade and stuff, it's like, once you get like a whiff of something sort of like, you know, sort of like intertextually connected with something else, like, Oh, what's that about? What's that about? What's that about? And then you're like, you're zigzagging all around pop culture and shit. And you're like, Oh, this is what I do.
3: <laughs> Michael speak to how uh, 22 Acacia Avenue
1: came to be. Um, so, um, well, this is uh, actually, it's, it's really weird because uh, knowing nothing about what an acacia is, but that's a tree, um, but Harry uh, gives this particular house of disrepute an address and that's the place where Charlotte the harlot obviously trades her wares. Uh, and Charlotte the Harlot that's like a callback to uh, the, the opening or like the, the, the debut record with Charlotte the Harlot which is a song about like a prostitute not about a prostitute it is totally a song about a prostitute <laughs> right uh, so it, it, it's really an interesting it, and again like the more I think about it it's a really interesting choice like why well, revisit this sort of narrative Uh um, it, because the narrative in the song that we're listening to here is like a critical one and restorative one, too. Almost sort of like, as the song concludes, it's like, Charlotte, pack your bags. I'm getting you out of here. It's it's a really sort of... Uh, it, it, it's a really weird narrative. It starts off with like, hey, you guys, I know this girl. 22 Acacia Avenue. Let's go check it out. And then also... I have to rescue this girl from my friend's cocks. I guess that's the thing. I don't know. It's it's a it's an epic song. It's an epic song. It's, I don't know if I would say epic. It's I, an I epic song I, is about Could you name other epic songs about prostitutes?
0: I I don't know if I can. But I think to me, I don't know if I would have included this with the tie into Deano's History. If I was going to separate the band, I probably would have skipped it. But my guess is Harris wrote it before piano was gone, and they simply thought it was a good track, so they left it there.
1: I, you, you you put the two songs side by side, though. And, and again, I know this is hard for like David to do. The Charlotte the Harlot song. is like really sort the whole the whole thing about the song is like Charlotte the Harlot. It rhymes. Go for it. Like the song writes itself, doesn't it?
0: To me, it does. But again, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, twenty-two on Acacia Avenue is fine. It, it's it's decent. I again, I, I don't know if it's epic, but it's a decent track. It's exhausting to listen to. Oh yeah, no, it 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 it,
1: it,
2: it <laughs> it's just like constantly. There's no break. Yeah,
1: that there, there is did no do break do, did, did, as did, 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 a sex did, 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 did. worker. That's the whole thing. Bruce is exhausting or Bruce Bruce it's exhausting but it has like great sort of like moments and lifts it's like on my sort of like track version here it's like it, now it goes into like the double solos and it's like now you get to think about going to 22 vacation avenue it's like I don't know maybe it seem like it was a good idea but like maybe I'm exploiting all these sex workers More solo. Pretty great song live. Maybe some more Dave. Dave Murray, that is. Yeah. So, like, and and also, like, we're going through, like, this long solo here, which is also awesome. We're going to track 22 Acacia Avenue as number 19 on, like, the songs that this band has played live. And Iron Maiden has played more than a few gigs they played this song 526 times, whereas the number one song, Iron Maiden,
3: gonna is going to
1: be 2200.
2: What what record has the most oh, yes. songs they play live? Probably this or Power Slave.
1: Um, that, that's it. that's a, I, I could like I could click that here. Give me a second here.
0: Oh, Not a piece of mind's is probably pretty well
1: represented. I think. Let me see. Number of the beast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Yep. Well, they play I, Children I, I
3: would, of the Dam. They play Number of the Beast. They play Run to the Hills. The and hills? they play Hollow. Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah. The other one's probably show. have
0: two or three.
1: They, they don't actually do yeah. the percentages here, but like, uh, okay. Ah, shit actually like the the larger percentages are like the the debut record iron maiden and then uh number two is number of the beast and then peace of mind but like number of the beast and peace of mind you can't see that are basically neck and neck 6500 to like 6300 they're not percentages it's like a really bad metric but
3: speaking of number of the beast this is from setless fm people
0: don't
1: the song is not over yet that's what i meant by epic it's like should this be this long no okay. it really shouldn't should it be this long and I'm now well into
2: number of the beast and, and i now, i think i would be far more forgiving if they were a little more forgiving in their editing.
4: Yeah.
1: So now, now we flip the record over, and we go to Number of the Beast, and maybe because uh, my tracking is all jacked up, side B yeah, is we're, much we're, stronger we're, than
3: side A. By the way, we're about a minute in, forty-five seconds. All right. It's going. Right. This, this to me just feels like classic Steve Harris.
0: Oh yeah absolutely to me not many albums have a stronger side b than they do a side a but i think this
1: album does i do too that's that's a great uh, maybe that's a great theme too it's like why would you like hide this song on side b i
0: don't know this is why you should have started the album
1: might have gotten so this label. should
0: be side a yeah maybe
3: number of the beast uh, might have been the first song yeah get rid of that In makes Invader. a lot more sense that invaders is number five oh that absolutely it does <laughs> There's, there's, yeah. there's
1: gotta be like some Rod Smallwood fucking craft, and there's like, nope. It's gotta be on side <laughs> B. Again, like, you could start the record on, but it's, it's definitely the first song. It just depends on what side of the platter you're gonna play. Cassettes are definitely a technology at that point. So, David, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, this obviously epic and problematic song called Number of the Beast." Well, why would you call it problematic? Um, because it basically just brings out into the open, that like metal and Satanism are like, you know, hand in hand.
3: I don't think that's problematic. I, you know, Cherie had asked us as a group earlier today that because Iron Maiden and Number of the Beast was released in sort of the onset of the Satanic Panic, did it hurt or help this record? And I, I think I'm going to say both. You know, there there wasn't there wasn't such a, a thing so much as a Walmart back then that would uh, lean lean towards conservative Christian values and maybe take issue with this. Album cover, but I'm sure there were plenty of mom and pop stores that may not have been down with uh, with the imagery and the name of this record that that might have held it back. The flip side to that being, once kids know that exists and it's being held back from them, they're gonna get it, whether it's from that mom and pop store or not. So I, you know, I don't think it probably helped it more than hurt it.
1: Yeah, and, and th- this comes at a time, too, when, uh, yeah, wh- wh- whatever stage, like, the what would be called, in, in retrospect, uh, the 80s satanic panic, which begins, like, in, in the 70s, with, like, Michelle Remembers, if you, if you want to check out that book or something, you want to talk about, like, the, the recovered memory syndrome and all the other sort of, like, hoax therapies and shit that were going on or the McMartin preschool trial and all the other shit that like contributed to uh, dot 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 oh shit dot 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 more dots QAnon and like all the sort of like uh, moral panic about like shit that isn't true Iron Maiden wasn't like actually playing into that it's like it's, it's, it's a great song and it's a great sort of uh, again another predicative predicament narrative it's like straight out of like egg ground code uh you know playbook it's like hey what would happen if i did like uh you know a sort of like nathaniel hawthorne you know young goodman brown sort of scenario where it's like i'm going off into the woods it's like what's everybody doing out here in the woods it's like who am i escorted by It's like, oh i'm with the devil and <laughs> you know i'm out here with the chanting hordes and they're burning torches and they're Sacred chants are praised, and like, oh shit, six, 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 the number of the beast. And it's like, and it's like horrifiedly awesome. Uh, yeah, know, I mean, uh, if you think back to
2: this time, though, you would see in those Satanic Panic videos, they would flash the cover of this record. They would make no mention of Iron Maiden or their songs whatsoever. Because you had black metal, you had um, Speak of the Devil right you had two bands getting all the attention and then you've got Judas Priest and I don't think I just don't think anybody gave a rat's ass about Iron Maiden right then but they loved that image they loved using it flash up on the screen zoom in on Eddie no but then they'd be like Judas Priest or uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Venom, yeah. Black Metal. Yeah, I mean, I think I
3: think there's something to that, David. Ozzy Ozzy was the poster child. Oh yeah. At the time, especially you know you bring out the Blizzard of Oz cover and things like that, and start to uh, start yeah. to edge towards some things that are going to push some buttons.
1: But but by the time like '87 comes around and like Geraldo does his sort of like Devil's Underground series and stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, w- w- what you see on 2020 in uh, shit as early as 83 or so uh, is sort of like, again, it's total moral panic. It's not actual news. It's really, in retrospect, we see it as irresponsible journalism. Young teenagers, uh, as parents, don't perhaps recognize, A, they don't watch the fucking news they don't give a fuck about like what you think is right or wrong. They see Iron Maiden and they go like, all right, this is, this is going to help to like, this is going to give me some cred out on the streets with my friends and damn it. It's like, it's great music. And then that's the thing that's always uh, dismissed or, or underreported. And uh, the, the other thing too, it's like uh, uh, Iron Maiden, when they, when this is, this was their first tour uh in america with, with bruce on, on on the you know on the strength of this record so they were opening bands like when they first came out they were uh you know to sheree's uh, question was like did it help did it hurt it's like it totally helped it totally helped it's like there's controversy controversy sells records it's like shit it's like let's go see it's like i remember when i was a kid and I'm just, like, out in the, in the cul-de-sacs of, like, uh, Gilroy, California. And they're like, the Ozzy Osbourne concert's on tonight. I think he's going to blow up a goat. It's like, what? It's like, that's what he does. He blows up goats. You know a different Ozzy than I do.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah but, is. I mean, you know, Colin, <laughs> I think it's it's the same Ozzy. Because my, my mom, screen, I my told my that story. Turns.
1: My streets were cul-de-sac. Yeah, like,
3: I, I told that story milk. about the Aussie live concert going on where the laser sort of formed the cross and then it flipped upside down and was spinning around. And my mom was like, not into that so much at all. Yeah. But guess whose <laughs> yeah. favorite show was the Osbournes 15 uh, years later? Well, <laughs> you, see, know you know what I mean? Mom, mom was totally uh, cool with him when he, he could did. barely work a remote control. But like back then, not so much. The way the moral panic
1: works out is sort of like, oh, I was a little bit crazy yeah. <laughs> and overprotective, and I was worried about like underground, you know, rings of the sex pedophiles. That's cool, but uh, old here, old here old. we come into like uh, run to the hills. That
0: was uh, we already finished. I was run to the hills, kids. There you go.
1: Oh, it's was oh, ga- done.
3: On to Gangland. Already on done. On like, to
1: Gangland. With, which, with, uh... With
0: the... Like Colin, so we, I
3: think uh, this one's a little bit of throwaway.
1: Can we, uh, so, can we talk about Run to the Hills while sure. we talk about, or not talk about Gangland?
0: <laughs> Please. Run to the Hills was on uh, Rock Band. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah,
3: okay, so. and eventually they released all of uh, Flight 666. They released, like, most of that set list live. How did they? On rock band. songs are not easy to play. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Run to the Hills to me is... is I don't, I'm not going to say it's overplayed, but I, I'll be honest with you. It's getting a little... It's, it, there's not many that I get to the point where I'm like, uh it's kind of getting there. Now, I, also, I, early
3: on, it was one of the few music videos that they had, and it got played a
1: lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I've run to the hills a lot now, so I'm kind of like, all right, let's stop video. running.
1: The, the, th- the thing about, like, again, like, people That's could appreciate, like, like, MTV culture and shit, like, but, like, Iron Maiden, like, whatever they whoever they like contracted to like do their videos it's like they they a did not exist or two uh, they ended up being like the video you see for uh run to the hills which is like a really bad black and white silent film of like a cowboy indian film and it's horrible it's like bullshit it, yeah it sucks you know, I think we went to, like, uh, the really Oswald's video. We went to the Oswald's video and, like, oh, we're going to get the Iron Maiden video and stuff, and maybe a porn. And then it's like, we watched that. It's like, this is fucking awful. This is <laughs> bullshit. This is what they call a video? All right. But, uh, again, it, it, it's, it's a really uh, great depiction of... Uh, you know, again, like, filling in with the theme of, like, what they're doing with, like, Sinjetsu, and also the opening song about, like, this is what, like, uh, invading and colonizing a culture means. It's like, it's it's a brutal song, and if you're going to, like, count down on, like, Setlist FM, that is, like, number five on, like, the songs that they play every time. You can't go to an Iron Maiden show, and they're not going to do fucking Run to the Hills. All right, what was the last song that we saw there with uh, the, the Iron Maid
0: The last song? Oh, geez, I don't remember. Which might have been but this just, one, I
1: but guess. Just, but just set you up. It's oh. Like, Here's a knock it, knock hey, it Michael, down.
0: I think it was Run to the Hills.
1: Yep. <laughs> you nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And Gangland? What about Gangland? Eh.
0: I do like the guitar part that background though it's kind of funky it kind of has a, a nice little little you know movement to it that's kind of neat how many throwaway songs are on their records after this a few a
1: lot yeah <laughs> entire album
0: uh, they all have a couple like well we know how I feel about power Slave. it's you know it's strong but it's not as perfect there's some there's some throwaways there too but all bands, to be fair, have those.
1: <laughs> John, but like you, you, you get it. We've disagreed about I, that I, before. <laughs> I
3: reject that hypothesis entirely. <laughs> right, so guy's I, favorite uh, band is Motley Crude and he's saying Power Slave sucks. No, I not <laughs> it sucks, I said it's good, it's just not, <laughs> it's not perfect.
0: Hey, Motley crew has a lot of throwaway songs <laughs> next listening party will be uh, girls 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 we can all sing oh no no <laughs> yeah, we, we can just like put
2: one song on and then just talk the rest of the oh time. Yeah. we
0: have arrived at the album closer yeah see now we now all things we should go. all yeah everything should cease i this is the hate, focus when so, this kicks in i hate this, this guitar line no, oh my this God. song fucking rules what this is the David, best song on the David, album.
1: What do you hate about it? It's, it's this.
0: probably their best song
1: ever. Maybe. What the this fuck? Is... The, the ultimate story. story. Uh, hey, hey, he's gonna this die. This is number three. He's going about, to the like, gallows. The songs that they play live, which says like people want to hear this, so they keep doing it. Go
0: ahead, David. So David find fault yeah, with
1: but this song. What do you hate about this opening guitar line?
2: It's not the it's the opening guitar line. It's not terrible. It's when it kicks in. I hate that guitar line.
1: Really? Yeah, I really do. Okay, that that seems really specific. Like, but could you be more specific?
0: No, no, I don't think I can. Right there, holding that note.
1: Oh shit, holding that note. I was oh. doing in the kitchen making quesadillas like two hours ago. Got it. That's.
0: This gets cranked in the car. Oh, yeah, man. This gets cranked in the car.
1: And, and and here are, like, the licks behind. Is this where you don't like it, David? Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the thing that you don't like?
2: Yeah. <laughs> How does one not like this? So many ways. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. I just I, I think it's very simplistic. I think it's not heavy enough. Like the brakes here are great. I mean, this is like what you paid for.
3: Oh, I pay for it all and have many <laughs> oh times. No, but I, I mean,
2: this again. is this this is what you show up for. But then it's like,
1: like, come on, man. You love all this fucking dorky Halloween power metal.
2: Yeah, but that stuff's produced better, and the lines are stronger. It's right here. The, the DNA is, like, right here. Well, yes, maybe the D. shit fucking this Halloween doesn't exist yeah, this. Without is like this. the daddy
1: sperm right here.
2: No. It's all True. N.A., not
1: enough D. Just, uh, again, uh... I think Colin, I heard this riff what, what you, on, like, an old Grateful Dead record. You, windows down volume oh, this crank. is, oh,
0: crank. What do you like about this song? Well, the story, right? What I said before, I love a good story. This guy's gonna die, he's reflecting on his life. It's, it's all about the whole countdown to his extinction. I think the music is great. When it hits the the final and it is just a jam session, it's such, it's just amazing. It's, it's a very well-written song.
2: Dude, this is like me at the end of my days. I'll be like laying out on a bathroom floor like with the water dripping. And like my head rested uh, at, at on Hotel the cold, six, gotcha. Rest, my, my head rested on the cold tile, and I'll have a song stuck in my head. It'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> so like would somebody like turn off their phone so I can die?
1: Wow. Uh, John, you have thoughts on this song in particular. I, I yeah like I said I, I
3: think it's the best song on the album and oh, yeah. you know Colin's saying it might be Iron Maiden's best song it might be I you know I, it's there's a reason most of their shows end with this like it's you know it, it's a fan favorite for a reason
1: yeah and and, and actually in, in terms of like uh, actually and there's always encores too but like it, this is like the song like you keep like all the way to the back this is like we have like some heavy artillery this is the song that's like it it it, the, 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 it it runs a little long it's the longest song on the record probably track in about seven minutes or so um it's not giving me that read on the the back of the the vinyl but like it's this seven is minutes 11 ep- seconds it's an epic how, how long call
0: seven minutes 11 seconds seven eleven
1: yeah. so like this at, at this point is probably like the longest right here argument. come on david, point to come occasion on david Avenue is probably about the same length but like uh this song gets to like again like another predicament uh sort of narrative and it's like it, it gets you into like the the psychological situation where where heavy metal goes and heavy metal goes into like dark places it goes into like dark situations And then then it excites you with, like, all the great fuck... I've just listened to, like, the the double guitars blazing here with Steve Harry just, like, just blowing shit away. It's like, you don't need Bruce Dickinson at this point. It's like, it's a great, great display of, like, music... musicians. so this is, like... uh, All of my enemies come
2: to my house in West Philly. They drag me out to the park. They hang me from the gallows, and as I'm swinging there... Freaking Mr. Softy drives by. And I'm driving.
1: John's driving. (laughs) 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 Laughing as (laughs) you (laughs) swing. So, uh, if people have not listened to this uh, middle aged uh, uh, Metalheads podcast before, it's like, Colin and I, we had like a ticket for Iron Maiden, and we drove by David's house. Like, David, you want to go see Iron Maiden? And he's like, he's sitting on his porch, going like, Nah, I'm gonna sit here on the porch. <laughs> and we're like, Okay, cool. And we went to Iron Maiden. I don't know if, don't know if it was exactly like
2: that. I it think I had well, like a. It
1: may as well have been that because we. Yeah, I think I was. Busy we had an extra ticket, didn't we? We did. I think he had a banjo too sandwich. on the porch. I think I was, was eating a there delicious was a turkey, turkey sandwich. Yes, there
0: was
2: a banjo and a sandwich. Could, and couldn't put and it there, down. There you were wearing a
1: straw hat a squishy, too, I think. There was, there was a Squishy <laughs> Hill person out there too. So it's like... Anyhow. So David's learning some stuff. God damn, but this song... Epic as fucking hell. You, you can't... Uh, you, so many other bands have like... Gone to this sort of like realm hereafter. Uh, there, there are great bands who have like gotten really close. I'm, I'm reminded of like Sanitarium by Metallica, or or Queensrÿche doing uh, uh, Roads to Madness. Also, sort of like side enders or like album enders. It's like let's let's do this, and then again, like predictable narratives, high, 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 high shit.
0: Boom. Yeah. What an ending. What an ending. Boom. Uh,
1: also, uh, there are bonus tracks, which yeah, you we're, we're should not, not, not listen to. We're not in the <laughs> bonus
4: track.
1: I'll tell no, you, you what. I'll, I, will, I will admit.
2: I will admit it is a better record than I remember it being.
0: Ooh, uh, that says a lot. High praise.
2: It, yeah. I mean, it's probably of the records, the one that I could like put on in the car and leave it on.
3: Yeah, you know when we looked at this David to put it on, I thought I thought that might be the case with you because also this is a I mean as far as Maiden's concerned, it's 40 minutes in and out. It's a
1: short record for them. Yeah. That's a commute. <laughs> Boom. You're in, you're out. It's like fuck it, I'm going from like you know, Invaders 22 Acacia Avenue. How will be that name? Boom, 40 minutes.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. I think, it is, it is it Acacia Avenue that's like six minutes long? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit long. Top, a couple yeah. of
1: them are, yeah. yeah. I,
2: you know what? I Some of these songs, I would like them more if they were just shorter. Yeah. Like Acacia Avenue, can, you get into can minute five. You get into like minute four and a half, five minutes. You're like, okay. I, I can see that. I think okay. some songs
1: earn it and some don't. The, 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 these are, this is not a band that's like, are we interested in singles is does mtv exist what, what what is our medium like how do how do we what we do is like and what what again like we go back to like the thing is between the diano and bruce bruce thing it's like we see you live here you know performing in clubs in, in london and it's like yeah let's let's put the whole band on display and let's do musicianship and shit. So, like, that means a longer song. And, it, and it's not flashy. The, the last thing anybody would ever say about Iron Maiden is they're flashy. They don't do, like, let's do, like, big hair. Let's not, like, uh, do, like, all sort of, like, gross sort of, like, C.C. DeVille sort of, like, solos and stuff. They are not doing, like, Van Halen. They're just sort of, like, we're doing this shit. And it's intense and it's, it's power metal. It's like, it, it really is power metal. And again, it's like everything I love and hate about power metal starts with the, uh, you know, the, the first couple maiden records and stuff. And that, that's what like, you know, distinguishes them uh, from like a lot of the other new bands, which I, I love, you know, like tigers, of Pang Tang or like you name them. Um, Saxon Jaguar. Saxon. Uh, I no. I, I totally hate Saxon. Dude, I told oh. you
2: I was listening to Saxon last like two weeks ago.
1: I know. You sure? I know. It's it's exhausting though. Ride like the wind, dude. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's exhausting. Like, it's great. Like, it's it, like they, it, it, they it, do ride like the wind. They're they're like they're like. <coughs> no, that especially that. It's like oh, it's like oh, How are we gonna like uh, recuperate our sort of like? Uh, it is the our, night. Our, Let's cover Chris Cross. It's like that is not a thing. You don't <laughs> it's, it's not Dude. Chris Cross. It is, a yeah, it is Christopher Christopher
0: Christopher Cross. Well, Chris Cross was a rap band. No, no, no well, Christopher I'm sorry. Cross yeah, will also make you jump jump. That's right. Thank
1: you. <laughs> wiggity wiggity whack.
2: There um,
0: you go. See? Has
2: yeah, anybody yeah, seen I, I, Christopher I, Cross lately? He put a video out, a live video on awesome. like uh, a music now. There's like a music series that's on Amazon Prime video. And one of them is Christopher Cross, and he's terrible now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dude's super old. He had, no, but a, he had like, his hits in the early to mid 70s. I mean, it's he you But know. He, has,
2: he has become like a, a caricature of himself. If a comedian did like a Christopher Cross, that's what he sounds hit? like. I don't know.
1: Arthur's Arthur, theme? Arthur? The Arthur theme? Okay. That's it.
3: What year did Arthur? 82, 83, he, or something he, like that. He,
1: he, did, he did He did other guitar work and stuff, but we're not going to go off on a Christopher Cross sort of like tangent. I okay have done that. that before. But like Saxon, Saxon sucks. Saxon does not suck. Uh, <laughs> all
0: right, next listening party Saxon album. No, oh, oof, I didn't say see that. what
1: you did, yeah. Mike? <laughs> no, no, I. I I'm, I'm, I did not. I did not initiate that. I'd just, be open
3: to like, it. I don't think I've ever listened to a full Saxon
2: record.
1: There you go. Oh, My, there's, a like, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason for no. that. So yeah, denim I've and tasted. leather. If we, had to, if we had to do one album, we'd do denim and leather. That's fine. That's fine.
0: He rolls his eyes on the zoom camera.
1: No, it's like, yeah, it's gonna be. It's good. I, I, there are some great songs in that record. I'll or do.
0: do, I'll, do or do an NWO BHM whole listening party. Do like a list. Oh, I, no, I, I, like,
1: I like that. I like that. that that's going to take some research because, like, yeah. uh, the whole. Like we listen thing. to Cold
3: Lake. We could listen to a Saxon record.
2: Yes, we okay. could. You know what? I just looked up the top 10 Crisper Cross records songs, mm. like hits. Yeah. I've only ever heard of the first three Sailing. Yeah, Sailing. Yeah, yeah that's right? <laughs> one.
3: Caught, Dude, caught one, between the moon and new, new, York new York City, ride like yeah, the wind. Ride like the wind. Like win. That's the top three. That's it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> you dare more, you. I dare oh, you. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, there was no, there was that other one. Oh crap! They play it on XM radio every once in a while on the bridge. Uh uh-huh. what's, what's what's next? What's on the list?
2: Uh, think, the think of Laura. Universe.
0: Yeah, that's the one.
2: That's the one. Yeah. All right. No. Never right. be the same.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one.
2: And look, I know that one. Say if you'll you be mine. Yeah. Nope. I really don't know anymore. Swept nope. away. And I will take you forever. No mention of the woman in red. I think you're just you making up something. <laughs>
0: That's
2: somebody else.
0: No, woman in red was... Uh, oh, somebody else. A lady in red. Yeah, lady in red. That's no, no, somebody no. else. No, That's
1: somebody
2: wasn't, else. There, wasn't Chris there a de very
1: similar... This oh, is yeah. not very <laughs> mental where we're right That was Chris right de yeah, okay, okay, whatever, man.
0: Christopher, yeah. not Christopher. Thinking Berg. of Laura, you would know if you heard it.
1: <laughs> Ladies
0: Laura, and gentlemen, uh,
3: yeah. thank you for joining us. <laughs> as we took a look back on Iron Maiden's 1982 Number of the Beast, we hope you enjoyed the episode along with us. We hope uh, after this you run over to Spotify for your fix of Christopher Cross. Please yes. follow us on Twitter at, M- at M- a M- pod. Please follow us on Instagram at metal podcast. And please follow us on Facebook. Just search Middle-Aged Metalheads for Colin Bossler, Michael Stamps, David Timoney, and myself, John Harden. We will see you next week.